evidence and answers. Many Christians graduating from college or in their careers find themselves confused about their faith and without direction in life. One of the greatest needs young people have is the need to be disciplined and challenged to dream and accomplish great things for Christ. The Canacook Institute has been discipling and raising a new generation of Christian leaders for decades. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today we will be concluding an interview with Keith Chancy, the founder and director of the Canacook Institute. This ministry is inspiring young people in their faith and producing young men and women who are impacting our world for Christ. Pat, my career, I'm going to tell you something. It's what people die for, but someone did die for it. His name was Jesus. And all he wanted me to do is go and play in the NFL for just a short time. I was there for only, it was, I think my career was three and a half months long. It wasn't long at all because God didn't need me to do anything other than to share Christ with my NFL teammates. And Pat, I'm so passionate about evangelism, discipleship, because I saw it work. God doesn't need me. He just needs me to use what he's given me to tell others about him. Yeah, you know. Isn't that fun? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I like about the Canuck program, I mean, not only do you ground these kids in the Bible and in the Christian worldview, but I think one of the greatest needs of young people is to dream. And, oh, yeah. and that's some of the things that you teach them to do, uh, set some career goals, uh-huh. but to, you know, dream about what they're going to do yes. for Christ, not just yes. go to an eight-to-five mm-hmm. job and make a lot of money, which, which mm-hmm. is fine, but you teach them that there's something more and, and to dream big. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I think that's one of the great mm-hmm. parts of the program. I've learned a lot about dreaming because I'm that dreamer. I've always been told that I, people have many times called me Joseph, a dreamer. When you think about Joseph and he dreamed a, a certain dream, his brothers bowing down to him and stuff. I didn't dream dreams like that, but I dream about just making an impact for Jesus. And I believe that if you really do, you know, when I went off to college and I saw my team, God showed me, said, God, Chanty, you've got these 90 guys on your team. That's your ministry right now. And I think, Pat, sometimes that's what we lose because we don't see the place that we have that it's a ministry. And so what we want to do is we want to say, I'm going to go to my job, but then I'm going to go to my ministry. I think our job is our ministry. And I believe that if we can begin to help people understand where you're planted, you bloom. And if you begin to have that as your ministry, you now have a new vision and passion to go there. And so our vision, you know, when you begin to set a vision, a a spiritual vision, and once again, I have one on my mirror in my house. I'm an old dude now, but my vision never changes in that I want to be a disciple maker that impacts others to the cause of Jesus Christ. I just want to be that guy. And I think it's just as simple as a few words, disciple maker, evangelist, equipper. It's just using the key words that God gives us through scripture to say, he's given me my gifts to impact the world. Now, Pat, when you do make that vision statement, one of the things I always tell people, and I think this is so important, Don't try to be something you're not and do something you're not equipped to do. But ask God. Evaluate your spiritual gift. I think it's so important to find out what your spiritual gift is. My my spiritual gift is I'm naturally an exhorter. I didn't have to wake up getting fired up. God made me that way. 
But my friend who has the gift of he has a more servant's heart, he's not quite as fired up as I am, but he serves so much differently than me. I should never compare myself and say I need to serve more like him, but I need to be the servant that God made me. But he's going to outserve me all the time, and I'm going to out enthios him. I'm going to be more fired up than him. It's seeing the gifts that God gave to all of our friends and encouraging each other within their gifts. So as someone who's building his own vision statement, if you, are, if you have the gift of leadership, your gift is going to be a lot different within your gift of leadership. If you've got the gift of servanthood or if you've got the gift of helps or if you've got the gift of prophecy and all these different gifts that you could have, Romans 12, if you see these gifts in others, you can begin to help them within their lane where they are to get where they need to be. What so often we do is we think one size fits all. And within the gift, that's why so many kids today are comparing themselves to each other and they're mad at others. It's why we gossip about people. We're mad at others because we see their gift better than us, and so we, rather than come alongside of them, we complain about them, and we're bitter. But if we see them for who God saw them to be, then together we could change our high schools, our colleges, because we understand our gift set. And when we understand that, we can begin to have the proper vision statement, a purpose statement that says, this is what I want to accomplish in my life. I want to have a discipleship ministry, wherever I'm at in the marketplace or the ministerial place, that would equip young men and women to be disciples for a lifetime of ministry. It's as simple as that, Pat. But, you know, it's hard, because, but you have to write it and go, how will I accomplish? I can have a vision say, but how do I accomplish it is so important. I will wake up. I'll be in my Bible. I'll be on my knees in prayer. I will pray for my people that I'm going to school with or at work. I'll be kind to them today. I'll write them a note of encouragement to encourage them. I'll ask them, how can I pray for you? And Pat, when I understand that I want to do my vision statement, and then I understand how to do it, wow. You see, because remember I said a while ago, I wanted to make it to the NFL. It's one thing to want something, but it's another to pay the price to get there. And so I had to pay a lot of price of working hard, trying to be the best that I could, God, he can't steer a parked car. Yeah, You've got to put your car in drive and begin to take advantage of the gifts that God has given to you. Write down, I want to do this. I want to have a vision for God. I want to change my sphere of influence to know Jesus. I want to help them grow. I want to have a ministry right here in this. And then how am I going to do it? These are the six steps or whatever, however many steps that God gives to you that you can maximize your gifts, not others' gifts, your gifts to accomplish that. Is that helpful? Yeah. You know, that's one thing I really like about the program. In fact, I use that uh, vision statement uh, form that you guys did mm. uh, in my classes as well. Yeah. You know, a lot of students go yeah. into life without a vision of what God wants them to do. And, sure. and they're kind of directionless for uh, who knows how many years. And that's one thing yeah. I like about the Institute is you have these guys sit down and reflect on w- what God has called them to do in this life and then yeah. go at it, you know. So, I mean, what yeah. are the things you have them do to put together a vision statement for their life? Mm. Well, you know, Pat, that's a great question because each one of them, once again, are gifted within their gift sets. And so some are highly intelligent, 
Some are really get things done type people. Some are quiet. Some are more boisterous. Some can sing. And so we say, how will you use your gift to most maximize your sphere of influence to impact? And so we sit down with every one of them, Pat, and we help them through giving them a spiritual gifts test, through understanding, even understand their enneagram. You know, if they're a seven, we go, this guy's out of control, wild. You know, <laughs> and then we look at all. We look at uh, their spirit. We all have strength finders. We try to find out what their strengths and weaknesses are. And so when we sit down with them, we understand a lot about their gift set, natural spiritual gifts, then their strengths that they have. And then their uh, personality, we understand that about them. And then we ask, okay, here's what I see of you, of what I'm seeing on your chart here. You have the gift of exhortation, your secondary is leadership, you're a seven on the Enneagram, and your strength finder is you have woo factor. Well, all that's telling me is this kid, he needs to be up front talking to people. But in order for him to talk, we've got to fill him with the knowledge of God's word. So we go, here's what's going to be easy for you to stand up and motivate people. What's not going to be easy for you is, you, is for you to sit down and study God's Word. So, but in order for you to be balanced, we're going to have to get you where you do this one, where it's not as easy for you to match with your natural gift set. Because we don't want you just to be a, lone, a loose cannon out there just saying whatever you think. We want you to be impactful in that everything that you do say is changing the world that you live in. So, Pat, we evaluate their gifts. We had them in accountability. We had them in uh, one-on-one situations where they are able to share their goals. We had them with a host family. We try to get them with as many people that we can to kind of trim their sails, so to speak, to get them directed in the right way. And when we do that, Pat, it is absolutely marvelous to combine all their gifts and their abilities so that they never, ever look at others and want what others have, but they are thankful for what they have been given from the Lord. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty fun there. Yeah, and I like the fact that they take a year of their life to do that, to get grounded and to assess their lives and then set some goals. It costs money to be in this program. But I think yeah, it's, a, it it's a worthwhile investment. I mean, you're going to be in your career yep. for the next 40, 50 years. What's one year? Oh, yeah. What's one year what? of preparing yes, for that? And you look oh. at, at the guys in the Bible. I mean, Paul was, mm-hmm. I think, uh, three years in the desert after three coming years, to Christ yeah. before he launched his ministry. Uh, Moses was yeah. in the desert for decades, you know, before he launched into his ministry. <laughs> right, right. You know, Joseph was in the desert, quote, before he mm-hmm. was where God wanted him. I and mean, these kids get to get away from the distractions of the world and really sit and focus and think about God, get grounded in the Word, and think about their life mm-hmm. and, and plan for their life yes. for one year before they launch yes. into their career. And I think yes. that is just invaluable. And tell us about some of the results of the program. Oh, man, you know, I the list this last weekend, we had a reunion, a 20-year reunion. Yeah. And I saw, you know, 400-plus of these students come back from wow. all around the country, even around the world, Pat. And what I heard them say, and, and, you know, just a couple of stories where this one student, he's in the marketplace in the business, and he was working in real estate, and he began to 
his office. He began to share with the guy next door to him and watched his friend that wasn't even in his wasn't even in his business. It was just another guy randomly next door that he by every day walking and being early to work, late to leave, being excellent in his job, this guy began to ask about Christ, who was, by the way, a very high representative of this other company. And when he heard the guy from the institute share with him his view of Christ, this guy wanted to hear and gave his life to Christ and then ended up offering him a job to go wow. to his job at a job making about twice as much as he did. And he goes, this is just, you just can't make those stories up that, about being faithful to the Lord. And, and we see girls that have been in the hospital working as nurses in the COVID units, and they're just going, chance, this has been so hard for us. But they're seeing people come to Christ, Pat, right and left, and they're just, they can't wait to get back to us and share what God has done using their gifts to make a difference for Christ. We had this one girl come in. She's a teacher at a high school. And she said, you know what, Chance, what I learned while I was at the Institute, I learned how to disciple. And she said, I just felt like God was calling me to missions. But she said, I didn't feel like God was calling me overseas. So what I did, she said, there was an apartment complex in Dallas, Texas, with a bunch of Burmese kids. And she said, so what I did is I took another one of our friends who graduated Institute, and we started a ministry there. And we have now been seeing 60 Burmese kids a year give wow. their lives to Christ. They come up to camp, and we're watching them change all the other Burmese kids that live in this complex. Now, Pat, that influence, and it's using your gifts and not being minimized to a vision, but to go, where can God use me right now? And so these students, we have them continuing to write to us, tell us your stories. What is God doing in you to use you mightily for the kingdom of God? There's another story I think is really kind of funny. This one guy graduated institute, and he went out to Stanford University in California, and he was getting his master's. He said, I need to be equipped more in what I'm going to go do. He wanted to become really great in the business world, and one day he wanted, hopes to take over his dad's business. And so he would walk around campus, and when he walked around campus, he carried a backpack with a football, an American football. Mm. And what he would do is he'd take that football out, and when, as he walked across campus, he would pitch the football to uh, kids of any type of whatever, you know, they might be, you know, I know this radio goes out to the Philippines, and the, he would flip the ball over to some kiddo that was from the Philippines who didn't know how to catch a ball, and he'd say, hey, would you like to learn how to catch? And as he began to talk to these Chinese kids, these Philippine kids, to these European kids, no matter what they were, they were interested in learning how to play American football. He got the coach of the uh, Stanford football team to allow him to go out there and throw it and catch with these kids. And he ended up taking about 10, 20 out there. It ended up being he had 200 kids on the field teaching them how to throw and catch, and he earned their trust, showed them how to break down a football game, a film. These kids, he began to say, hey, after six weeks, said, guys, have I earned your trust? They said, yes. He said, then can I tell you all something else? And he presented the gospel, and these kids from around the world receive the gospel, that they will go back and change the world. Now, Pat, that is the principle of multiplication. It's using something so silly as just a football. But whatever you have, use that in a way to change your world. I, you know, so, and I could go on and on and on about firemen. I go, this one kid came up to me and said, Chanty, 
I felt like God was calling me to work with older folks. So I work at a, a geriatric ward. And he said, I'm watching elderly people that are about on their deathbed give their life to Christ every single day. Wow. Because what I do is I walk in and I ask them, what are their questions about God? So, you know, Pat, it's really these kids, they're just using their ability to handle accurately the Word of God to invest into others the truth that is so awesome because Jesus is the truth. And when they share this with such conviction, people want to hear it. That's yeah. a big wow. And I yeah. can say it backwards. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, Keith, and, and it seems in America the church is in retreat. And I think yes, sir. things like Canna Cook are part of the answer here. How do we turn this thing around from going into retreat oh, to turning it around to where we are producing men and women who are going to engage their culture and world and transform it mm. for Christ? Mm. Pat, I love that question. When I saw you send me that question, I couldn't have been more excited about a question ever because I really believe America is in retreat. And I believe that so many people are afraid if we say something or if we do something, we might suffer for it. But I'd rather suffer for doing the right thing rather than doing the wrong. And I want to see us equip young men and women that are like David, that will run to the battle, that will cut the head literally off of the Goliath. We have got to be able to see that we know who wins. And all the way back to Genesis 3.15, Satan bruises the heel of Jesus, but Jesus crushes the head of Satan. And I love that, that I know who wins this battle. We do, Christians. And we have got to mount an attack against the evil one. But the way you beat the evil one, Pat, it's not by telling people what they're doing wrong. Because in my world today, man, I come across people that are struggling with every walk of life. Man, I mean, there's people with blue hair, green hair, yellow hair, and I don't even care. I love them. I don't care what you're going through. All I know is that I need to love you with the same love that Jesus loved me. And the way we turn our world around is loving one person at a time that does not know Jesus and sharing the gospel. And when you share the gospel, the real gospel, and when I say the real gospel, the real gospel is grace. It's not being good. It's not behavior modification. It's the reality that Jesus Christ loved us with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he died on the cross for our sins. Yes, he died enough, and he resurrected, and he offered to us salvation. And we had the greatest gift. We did nothing to receive him. We were dead men in the water. We had drowned, and we were sinking. And you know what's really – I always like this picture of a boat that comes out to save the drowning man, and you throw a buoy at him, and it bounces off of his head. Well, the guy doesn't grab the buoy that's in the water because he's deaf. He doesn't grab it because he's deaf, and he doesn't grab it because he's blind, and he doesn't grab it because he can't. He doesn't grab the buoy because he's dead. And that's what we are in our sin. We are dead. And you can't grab and have any part of salvation. Jesus took you out of the water, and he resuscitated into your life. And he gave you hope. And that was his spirit came into you at the moment you believed. We had nothing to do with that. He had everything to do with it. And that is the message of the gospel. I don't deserve it. He gave it to me freely, and I'm a recipient. And because he gave me something so great, I want to live for him. And that's called grace. And when I understand grace, Pat, and when we begin to teach grace and love people where they're at, stop trying to change people because people are what they are because they've had a bad worldview experience. And they are living that way because the world 
has been tough on them. But that's where Christians have to step in and quit trying to change their action before their heart is changed. And boy, am I ever seeing a lot of that. Pat, I was preaching at a uh, funeral a couple weeks ago. And at this funeral, this guy comes up after I gave a funeral, and I talked about the grace of God in the funeral. He comes up and gives his life to Christ at the funeral. Now, that's just awesome. And I go, that is just fun. But see, that's the message of the cross. And so I love that, that we can share God with everyone that's around in such a way that I'm not telling you you got to change. It's seeing someone at a coffee shop that has tattoos or rings all over their face or whatever, and you say, hey, tell me about that. Tell me about those tattoos. What do those mean? And having the girl on the other side say, well, that one right there is I, I had that one put on because I had a daughter that died. And you say, hey, could I pray for that for you? And you've established a relationship with her. And, yeah, she doesn't believe like you do, but at that moment you've just embraced her at a point where she sees you care and you've done what most people haven't. Most people look at people on the other side, and they don't see value in them. We've got to see value in people, and because we see value, we understand the grace of God that was good enough for us, and we want to share it with them, and we come alongside of people to love them like Christ loved the church. And, Pat, I have never been more passionate about loving more people and equipping more people with the grace of God to go and share this to the world. Yeah. Man, man that's just great. Fantastic. As we close the show, you know, we, you know, I, I, we could talk to Keith for the next two hours here, but uh, unfortunately radio shows come to an end here. But if, uh, if people want more information on the Canna Cook Institute, maybe they want to attend, maybe they want to yeah. do one in their yeah, area. Yeah. Well, where can they go for oh, more information? Pat, go to Canacuck Institute. Canacuck is spelled K-A-N-A-K-U-K. Canacuck. Everything with a K there. Canacuck. And the name Canacuck is an Indian term, which meant the loved one. Wow. And this camp is 97 years old, and that name was part of that from a long time ago. And so we inherited a name that meant the loved one, and we took that loved one to be the one that we go, hey, we want to share, no matter with, whether it be Indians or whoever, we want, to, we want to love Christ to everybody. And so it's really been fun. So com or .org. And you just – and my name is Keith Chancy, and I would love to talk with you. I'd love to encourage you, whatever I could do, Pat. But we, we've got a model that we set up, and it's not a perfect model, but it's a pretty good model that we're seeing about 70 kids a year, college graduates, come and be a part of our program. And if you're out there and you wanted to be a part of this program, you know what? Get here, and our price, it costs you about $14,000 for the eight months that you're here. It costs me about twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. I raise about six to $8,000 for every student that comes here. I make a promise that if it's worthy of your time, it's worthy of my time going out there trying to raise up support to change the world. And so together, we get your tuition paid for. We get you, you raise your part, I'll raise my part for you, because our goal is we got to change the world. And so, Pat, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your uh, podcast today with your listening audience. And guys, just know today, be encouraged in the Lord, because God is good. Yeah, and it's a, like I keep telling everyone, it's a worthwhile investment. You're going to be in your career oh, for the you. next 40, 50 years. I mean, what's one year? What's one year That's to right. get mm -hmm. equipped and grounded and develop a life vision for the rest of your life. I mean, one year. <laughs> what is that for, you know, next oh. 50 years? Man, it's a well worthwhile investment. Mm. Yeah. Well, Praise been, God, Pat. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to our interview with Keith Chansey, a 
the director of the Canacook Institute. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about the problems here in that our nation and many churches and Christians are facing. Well, here's an organization that's part of the answer, and we want to see more of these around the world. So, Keith, thanks for sharing your story with us here on Evidence and Answers. Thank you, Betty. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. We have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or even schedule an apologetics conference at your church or location, give him a call in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to use our search engine for available resources. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. To keep quality broadcasts, like Pat's on the Air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to partner with us, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to connect and grow in Christ, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log on at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucharan. Yeah.